Hello friends, I hope the quarantine is still treating you all well. Today I want to share with you something that certainly spiced up my quarantine. Today we're looking into Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles, which is a fanfiction supposedly written by a Christian mom named Grace Ann Parsons who was worried that Harry Potter, the original Harry Potter, would turn her children into witches. That is a no-no, according to Jesus. So she decided to rewrite it without any of the fun stuff. For this video, I went back to fanfiction.net for the first time since middle school, and it felt bad, can confirm, did not feel good, did not feel organic. My original concern was that I was going to have to reread the entirety of the Philosopher's Stone, like, m meticulously edited to, like, change everything to be Christian. That was not the case. I was pleasantly surprised. It turns out this thing is only 1,300 words, 13, not 1,300, 13,000 words, which I wrote longer fanfiction in middle school, so get on my level, Grace Ann Parsons. So naturally all of this sets off the troll alarms immediately. There's a lot of people out there claiming definitively that this is a troll and that it has been confirmed. Apparently there's something in the last chapter that may be a confirmation, but I've actually only read half of it. This is a part one. I took this quote from TV Tropes right here. Due to the over-the-top writing, it has been suspected to be a parody. The last chapter may be read as confirmation of this, but it is open to interpretation. The author claims to have ended the fanfiction after 14 chapters because her husband felt that writing was not good for the family and has never confirmed the suspicions of the story being a parody. I looked around a lot and I could not confirm that this is a troll. Obviously it's very tempting just based on the content of it to say that it's a troll, but as a connoisseur of terrible books and of Christian bullshit, there, there's no way to tell. I have read worse than this in Onision's books, and I have read worse than this on the Girl Defined blog, and those are both 100% unironic sources. While it is so easy to read this and think nobody could possibly be serious about this, Experience, experience has proven otherwise many times for me. This is presented as serious and we have no concrete evidence otherwise, so I am going to cautiously treat it that way. Before I get into taking you through this absolute literary masterpiece, I have to tell you about this week's very fitting sponsor, Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. Every month you get a credit towards one free audiobook, and those books are yours forever even if you cancel your account. You also get access to two free Audible originals every month, as well as news and guided meditation programs. I am a huge reader, and for a long time I assumed that the, the, the physical reading experience would be superior to the listening experience. I can tell you now from experience, having listened to so many books that I have absolutely loved just as much as if I had read them in a physical copy, that is not true. Audiobooks are fantastic. If you're looking for something to read, I do highly recommend the His Dark Material series, and you can get all three books in the series over on Audible. So go to audible.com slash strangeons or text strangeons to 500-500. Start your exclusive 30-day free trial, including one free book and two free Audible originals today. So without further ado, let us jump in to Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. This lady gets right down to business. We immediately meet young young, innocent Harry, and his Aunt Petunia, a career woman who wears unflattering pantsuits, and Uncle Vernon, her brownie-baking soy boy husband, and of course Hagrid. Hagrid, the door-to-door -door preacher, a, a beloved character that we all know so well. Hello, neighbor. I was wondering if you've been saved, Hagrid exclaimed brightly, and tipped his wide-brimmed straw cowboy hat. Aunt Petunia laughed, laughed a gravelly laugh, and leaned forward on her sturdy practical boots. Never trust a woman in sturdy practical boots that she wears inside her house for some reason. Saved? Don't tell me you are one of those Christians. Harry did not know what that word meant, but Hagrid's smile was the most peaceful smile he had ever seen. It made Harry feel warm and happy inside. Just seeing the glowing radiant grin on the kind friendly stranger's face. You're telling me I'm supposed to interpret this one way, but the vibes are something entirely else. This is terrifying. I am terrified. <laughs> he, want, he wondered why Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon did not smile like that, dot dot dot. Yes, I am, Hagrid replied kindly. Are you 
Aunt Petunia laughed again and stuck her pointy, sharp nose up in the air. We are too smart for that. Haven't you read Dawkins? God is dead. Dawkins proved that. Would you like us to educate you on the Dawkins? What is a Christian? Harry queried innocently and scuffed his shoe on the shaggy yellow carpet, which had not been vacuumed in quite some time. Reading Dawkins is a slippery slope to never vacuum in your house. You, you heard it here first. Aunt Petunia smacked her hands over Harry's young ears, and her voice was sickly sweet when she said thank you very much for your concerns sir but he does not need your religion he has science and socialism and birthdays haven't you heard of evolution and then hagrid's like why don't you prove evolution is real and she can't and hagrid's like well checkmate atheists and harry's like oh my god you're so cool i want to be a christian i want to stress here that the implication is not that Aunt Petunia personally doesn't know how to break down evolution and explain it to hagrid it's that evolution is in itself a religion with just as little evidence as Christianity. So that's cool and great. And then Harry says a prayer, which he somehow knows just by not knowing what a Christian was like 20 seconds ago. And now he has become, through the magic of prayer, a Christian. Chapter two, Harry finds out about Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles and decides immediately that he wants to go there. Hagrid beamed widely. He had been praying so hard to save a soul today and he was so happy to have saved the soul of such a sweet, earnest little one. Poor boy being raised by two parents who were not Christian and who both went to work and left him with a babysitter all day long. It was a good thing Hagrid had got there in time. Five years down the road, Harry might have been a fornicating, drug-addicted evolutionist. Don't be silly, Harry, Aunt Petunia commanded and wrung, and wrung her long, bony hands. Come back inside. I will read to you about evolution from the Dawkins. <laughs> you don't need that silly religion. Harry's like, I don't think so. Evolution isn't real, and I'm going to Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. No, no, Harry. Aunt Petunia screeched desperately. I have an idea. You can have a second birthday today. You like birthdays, right? Birthdays are not of God, Harry verbalized knowingly, and looked at his aunt with an innocent wisdom. You tried to corrupt me, but it did not work. But I forgive you, Aunt Petunia, because of Luke 2334. Somehow this woman made the Dursleys better parents. Like, his 11th birthday is so significant in the books because it's an example of how little they give a shit about him. This Aunt Petunia is obviously a ridiculous caricature, but I like her so much better than the Aunt Petunia in the actual Harry Potter books already. Also, no, you did not miss anything. Harry quotes the Bible, despite not knowing what a Christian was 20 seconds ago. Also, if this is not a troll, I feel so bad for this woman's children. This woman literally thinks kids are that dumb. She has so little faith in the intelligence of children that she thinks Harry Potter would turn them into witches. I'm just... I am just so afraid of the type of people that exist out there. Hagrid raised his hands to the heavens and cried out in a deep, thunderous voice, Dear Lord, take us to Hogwarts. And then they are teleported through the magic of prayer outside of the castle, and who is there to greet them but the Reverend Albus Dumbledore. And he is like the Albus Dumbledore of the books, except not at all, because he is young and a cowboy and has a southern accent. She keeps describing Harry's impression of all the Christian characters as so pleasant and peaceful, which is spo obviously supposed to, you're supposed to read that and be like, hmm, inner peace? I'd like some of that inner peace. I might try out some of this sexy Jesus stuff. But it just reads as so jarringly creepy. If you describe someone as smiling peacefully, I am going to think that this is a horror book. Chapter three. Dumbledore is married to McGonagall, obviously, because family values. I also looked at some of the reviews for fun. A lot of these are really recent. Like this one says, like this one is April 1st. Like 
People are reading this. So anyway, this person said, strange how so many people in the comments are complaining that Dumbledore can't be married to Minerva or be religious slash conservative since he is gay. Well, duh. Are you guys 12? Throughout history, homosexuals have married with the opposite sex. In this story, it makes perfect sense that Dumbledore is married to a woman when he is the head of a super conservative and religious community. Do you honestly think that he could be openly gay in this community? Obviously, there's debate as to whether gay Dumbledore is even canon. This woman clearly has no regard for the canon, first of all. She's obviously made him straight. But second of all, I do think that that's... That's very true and valid. And if anyone's going to be gay, it's probably going to be the very repressed leaders of a big religious organization. Anyway, back to this harrowing tale. This poor little one has been raised in a terrible situation, Hagrid declared concernedly. He was watched by a babysitter every second of the day. His aunt saw him as part of her perfect like life package, like the big house, the fancy career, and the speedy car. Dumbledore shook his head sadly. Too bad no one told her. Parenting should be about children, not the parents. That's why it's called parenting. Hagrid nodded wisely. <laughs> okay, that's really nice and subtle, thank you. So much faith in the intelligence of the audience, like I said. She took the characters from Harry Potter, deleted their personalities so that they were just empty shells with the same names as Harry Potter characters, and then she filled them with Jesus bullshit. What a fulfilling reading experience I am having. She's a better writer than Onision, though, I'll give her that. Dumbledore is like, well, you're starting class tomorrow, Harry, but in the meantime, you should come have dinner with me and my family. And at this point, I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna have like eight annoying kids, isn't he? And Harry's like, wow, I've never had a family dinner before. Why don't you come with us then? Dumbledore cried kindly. <laughs> Strange dialogue, first of all, because you already invited him. You already said that he was coming. And secondly, for a moment there, I had a horrified moment that I had somehow ended up reading My Immortal. They totally still do magic in this book, except they have to pray for everything. They apparate everywhere, inside of the castle, might I add. For no reason, the food, the dinner food still magically appears. They just say, hey, hey God, and things happen, which is so cool and just as exciting as the magic in Harry Potter. Hermione is their kid. Hermione is their kid. This is not a drill. What the fuck? Harry could barely respond. This was the most beautiful young woman he had ever come across. So different from all the girls in public school who were focused on trying to be like career women they saw in Sex in the City. <laughs> is that really what 11 year olds are up to these days? This little one was the picture of innocence and godliness. We also know how great she is because the first thing she does upon entering the room is offer to help cook dinner, which I don't know why, because nobody cooked it, it's just there. At dinner, the adults talk about things that Harry doesn't quite understand. Dark forces. Intrigue, if you will. Chapter 4. I really want an internet historian version of this, now that I'm thinking of it, because I was reading the author's note, and I just heard author's note in his voice, and just... Chef kiss. Perfection. You look like you need a good night's sleep, the reverend's wife commented daintily. This is McGonagall who I can assume probably also just looks like a southern housewife since we've given Dumbledore a complete makeover. How would you like to move into your dormitory? I would love to, Harry cried cheerfully. He was so excited to become a student here and he was so grateful for the opportunities the Lord had given him. Sometimes people who have done without are the most grateful. Grace Ann Parsons, master of subtlety. Hermione calls Dumbledore daddy. And then because she's so great and we are supposed to know that she is so great and just the ideal example of what a young girl is supposed to be. She offers to clean the kitchen, which is again dumb because they just told her to go show Harry around. So there's like, no, when you gotta flex your housewife brainwashing against all logic. Am I right, ladies? In other news, women are obligated to be beautiful, to honor the Lord. Being beautiful on the outside is a testament to being a good Christian on the inside. Harry makes sure to be very nice and respectful to Hermione because every young woman is another man's future wife.
Wait, Harry, Hermione uttered quickly. There's something you should know. What is it, Harry queried questioningly? Oh my god. These could be trolling nods to my immortal. I still believe there's absolutely no way to tell if this is a troll, given the amount of bullshit I have seen in the world that is meant completely seriously. But some potential evidence towards it being one is the... <laughs> The dialogue descriptors, i.e. that one iconic passage of my immortal. My father says dark times are coming, Hermione spoke worriedly. There is a man named Voldemort who wants to destroy all that we stand for. He is pushing an agenda in Congress which will stop us from practicing our faith freely. <laughs> but that's what the Founding Fathers built this nation for, Harry cried indignantly. The freedom of religion. This absolutely fucking sent me when I read it and it is fucking sending me now. Hermione sheds lovely ladylike tears over the persecution of Christians in modern day America, which but just by the way is absolutely the same as the persecution of Christians in ancient Rome. Things are also weirdly romantic rather than like innocent and friendshipy between Harry and Hermione, which is weird. They're literally children, can you not? This is not in my notes, I was just thinking this off the top of my head. I was gonna say I'd be willing to bet that it ends with her giving him an innocent kiss on the cheek or them having a prolonged good Christian hug. But technically, I don't think there's an actual ending to this because it's it ends because her husband wanted her to stop writing it, so it, I don't think it'll have like a satisfying ending. But if it were to have a conclusion, I'm just saying they might share a good Christian hug despite the fact that Girl Defined says you shouldn't do that before marriage. Getting a little bit naughty there, don't you think? Chapter 5. Harry Potter woke up drowsily in a comfy fluffy mattress. It was only now that he had the energy to observe his surroundings. The room was small, but also everything a little boy needed. There was a big, warm fireplace in the grey stone wall across from him. A shelf of intelligent, age-appropriate books. The Holy Bible was in the center of the shelf, of course. In what universe is the Bible child-appropriate reading? So now we get to meet Ron, their roommates. So Harry wakes up and sees Ron praying to a statue, uh, which he just has a feeling is... bad. Come sit with me and my family, Ronald offered eagerly, and motioned frantically towards a table packed full of people with hair, with hair just as red as his. Come on, come on, come on, I can't wait for them to see that I've made a new friend. Harry followed Ronald with the obedience of one who does not have many friends in a new situation. Oh, what a difficult circumstance that can be, and how many believers have been led astray by those situations. Guys, 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 Ronald screeched joyously as he pulled Harry towards the table of his family. This is Harry Potter and he is my new roommate. Hello, Harry, the Weasleys chorused in unison. Welcome to Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> There's something uncomfortable about them and it's not the same reason we're all uncomfortable reading this. Their food appears again, but this time the implication is that like, like in the Harry Potter books, the house elves do all the cooking and then it is like teleported to the tables. I don't think they ever say that in the movies. So like context if you only saw the movies and are confused, which is valid because I'd only saw the movies until this year. Um, <laughs> so this time the implication is that it's just McGonagall. It's it's McGonagall, do, like her role at the school is just to cook for the entire Great Hall and then it's teleported to the tables in the same way as I guess the house elves cook in the books. I don't know. <laughs> Harry decides to ask Dumbledore about the ethics of idolatry because you know, things that concern normal 11-year-olds. Dumbledore wears cowboy boots, which are described as admirable. God, this woman is so horny for the Southern Hick aesthetic. Dumbledore then explains to Harry that the Sorting Hat will sort all of the students into, in the school into different types of Christians. For instance, I am a Gryffindor hat. We believe everything in the Bible and only the Bible. That redhead roommate of yours is a Slytherin hat. 
And Slytherins worship statues? Harry queried innocently. The Reverend nodded gravely. But do they really love the Lord? Harry posited timidly. If they do, then why do they worship statues? Dark days are coming, Dumbledore replied earnestly. We need to be inclusive. If there are only Gryffindor hats at Hogwarts, then there would not be many people left. Chapter 6. It is time for some more very accurate representation of the concerns of 11-year-old children. Harry and Ron have a friendly discussion about Gryffindors versus Slytherins. The Slytherins are the Roman Catholics, I gather. What about Mary? Ronald deposited angrily around a mouthful of oatmeal. You have to at least worship her. You mean the mommy of our lord? Harry demanded in scandal. And chewed his bacon? I don't worship her, question mark. Well then, God hates you, Ron stated simply. And pieces of bacon flew out of his mouth as he did so. I thought Harry was the one eating the bacon. And then Harry turns around and Luna is there eating vegan bacon, which is described as a bunch of gross vegetables mushed together and dyed red. I've never had vegan bacon, but I don't think that's it. Luna is obviously not a character in the first book, which could be evidence that this is written by a fan who knows more about the later books trolling. Same with the food doesn't magically appear, it is cooked by somebody thing. Maybe it's evidence that the Christian mom did some googling or watched the movies. I don't know. In My Immortal, there's a reference to St. Mungo's, and I, when I first saw that, I was like, aha! Nobody who's only seen the movies like the author claims she has knows what that is. Evidence that this is a troll! But like, or maybe she read a lot of Harry Potter fanfiction, some of which was written by people who did read the books, who mentioned things from the books, you know? I think too much about this stuff, and all I've- the only conclusion I've come to is that there is zero way to ever tell if something is a troll. Anyway. What do Hufflepuff hats believe in? Harry pondered aloud and took a bite of his real bacon. Hufflepuff hats believe in the Bible, but only some of it, Luna explained casually, and she was still feeding on that stuff. Why are y'all eating and talking? That's gross! <laughs> I'm just imagining them all like saying all of this with their mouths full, just spitting bacon everywhere. We don't believe in the stuff against fornication and drinking and socialism, but we really like Matthew 7-1 and that's about it. We're really fun and seem really nice and really tolerant as long as you agree with us. That was when a derisive laugh echoed through the cafeteria. A smug-looking young man about Harry's age with slicked back hair, even paler blonde than Luna's, was wearing a sweater vest and khakis, strolled languidly down between the rows of tables. Please ignore this fool, Draco drawled smugly. Luna here thinks she can have a career even though she's a woman, and women are stupid. Harry gasped at this horrible person. What a mean thing to say. Women should not have careers because women are stupid, Harry shouted indignantly. Women are not stupid. Women should not have careers because women are nurturing and loving and their gifts, gifts serve them best in the home. <laughs> can you see me physically reacting to this? Can you see me holding down the vomit? Draco gasped tentatively. <laughs> My Jesus Christ. I maintain that there's no way to tell anything is a troll, but oh my god, this is really starting to feel like my immortal reference. Anyway, Draco gasped tentatively. You are diluting the truth. Women are beneath men. No, I'm not. Harry fired back bravely. You're twisting the truth so you can be mean with it. Women are not beneath men. Men and women are just different. Luna smiled at him gratefully. Oh, we got a white knight on our hands, boys. Draco was clearly fumbling for ground here. There is not much ground to stand on when you are being hateful. But he finally came up with, Well, at least I don't eat with Slytherin hats. I hate Slytherins. Ronald began to cry into his oatmeal. <laughs> I don't hate Slytherin hats, Harry declared boldly. I think they should become Gryffindor hats. But that is because I love them. Besides, the Lord ate with sinners all the time. I know we keep coming back to this even though I keep saying it doesn't matter and we'll never figure it out. But potential evidence that this is not a troll is that this woman 
knows nothing about Harry Potter. She keeps calling the houses house name hats and it's making me want to commit crimes. They literally all wear hats, like baseball hats with the house crest on them is what I'm picturing. I think that's what the- I think that's what she thinks the sorting hat is because Harry literally jumps on a table and yells at God what house he wants to be in and that's how he gets sorted, not with the hat that is used for sorting. He then gets a hat that says he's in Gryffindor. Also, almost none of the characters are in the right houses. Like, what is this Draco coming in like, I hate Slytherins, and then Ron, who is a Slytherin, grinds him to his oatmeal. Anyway, chapter seven. Um, the boys in Gryffindor get to wear hats with the, the Gryffindor lion on them, but the girls have to wear a version with a kitten on it. It's cool, that's great. These are things that I love having to read with my own two eyes. See, the joke I usually make is my own two good Christian eyes. She's, she's far out Christian, my good Christian eyes here. Hermione runs up and hugs Harry for no reason because apparently we've lapsed into an Onision book now. Dumbledore gets up in front of the school and he's like, cool, great, you've all chosen your houses wisely, which no, you didn't miss something. Apparently that all of the sorting is done now. Harry is sitting there listening to him thinking, but is it really a smart idea for Dumbledore to act like people with other opinions are valid when they're not? Because like obviously only the Gryffindors who believe the entire Bible are valid and everyone else here is a sinner. I hate it. It's so gross. It's the sneaky, the, the, the sneaky little shit Christians do of like, oh, accept people and be nice to people and love everybody, but only for the sake of converting them because they're still bad. It is disgusting. It is vomit inducing. It is literally the opposite of genuine acceptance. Stop it. Now, at the beginning of the breakfast meal, Harry had noticed a tall, mysterious looking man with long dark hair and a gaunt, enigmatic features. He was dressed stylishly in a crisp black suit and his tie made a shock of red in the otherwise totally black outfit. Fashion icon. The dark hair on his pale chest was neatly trimmed but still noticeably thick and he wore elegant black leather shoes on both feet. It was now that he noticed that on the table that this man was sitting at was a placard that said on it, Mr. Snape. <laughs> a lot of things that I read in this fanfiction were a lot to handle, but for some reason Mr. Snape was the one that I just <laughs> started laughing uncontrollably at. My girlfriend was like, what are you, are you okay? Like, what, what are you looking, what is funny? And I was just like, I can't explain to you of all the things Mr. Snape just fucking sent me. I didn't realize, like in the books they're all called like Professor. So Professor Snape sounds completely normal to me. But Mr. Snape! <laughs> that is the end of chapter seven. Seven of the 14 chapters. We are halfway through, so I think that is the riveting cliffhanger. I think I'm going to have to leave you on until next week. I want to make a lot more book review videos because they're so fun, but they're also so tedious. So for the sake of my brain, I am dividing this up into two parts. In the meantime, have fun discussing any theories about whether it is a troll, any predictions for the future of this absolute train wreck in the comments below. I will be reading them and probably even including a few in the next video if they are particularly good and or make me cackle. Thank you so much for watching, friends, and I'll see you in another video, part two of this video next week. Hello friends, and welcome back to part two of Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles, the long-awaited part two, 
as you know, I'm refilming this because I just had su such a time trying to get this video done before. But before we get into it, I have to tell you about this week's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creative and curious people. And now is the time to do it. I, I see my views skyrocketing for no reason. I know exactly how y'all are spending your quarantine, so why not? head over to Skillshare and learn that cool thing you've been wanting to learn for a while. I found a course on Skillshare today while I was putting together the ad read for this video, which I genuinely really want to watch the rest of. It's called Design Great Stuff, How to Make Merch with Aaron Draplin. And I know there's so many talented artists who watch me, so I really want to share the Skillshare course because I feel like it's a, it looks like a really great resource on something that is so hard to find good information on. And as usual, Skillshare is giving away two free months of their premium membership to the first 1,000 people who click the link in the description below. And after your two months free trial, is only $10 a month, which I think is pretty dang good. Let us resume this thrilling tale. Chapter eight, the students all follow Mr. Snape to class. Why is this man allowed to unbutton his shirt so low that you can see his chest hair when Catholic schools traditionally take issue with girls' shoulders? That's, a, I don't know, it's a mystery to me, but um, she's really uh, hung up on this man's chest hair. Very horny for this man's chest hair. Welcome to Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles, greeted the older but still handsome in a dignified, rugged way amic- Greeted the older but still handsome in a dignified, rugged way amicably. There's something wrong here. <laughs> Mr. Snape is older but still handsome in a dignified, rugged way, and he said this line amicably? Or did he say it in a rugged, dignified way? I don't know if I'm having a stroke or if this makes sense. Okay. The little ones sat in respectful attention. So you have all chosen Gryffindor hat? Snape queried and raised his eyebrows. Yes, Mr. Snape, chorused all of the students together. Well, Mr. Snape said, and he drew his tall, strapping form up to its full impressive height. I would like to say that your choosing will make you happy or that your lives will be easy, but I will not lie. There are dark forces in the world. They will do... Not like Christians, and when I say Christians, I mean Gryffindor hats. The Ravenclaw hats these people claim to not like, but they pretend the Ravenclaw hats' extremism applies to all Christians, so the Ravenclaw hats help them. Grace Ann Parsons may be projecting a little bit here, maybe maybe letting off a little bit of steam, okay. And Harry's like, wow, I'm so torn, because Snape's honesty is refreshing, but also he's kind of mean, and Dumbledore loves everyone even if it's in a sneaky fake way, but he's not honest. So what do I choose? Snape, if you hadn't gathered in this story, is in Gryffindor, because why the hell not? And he then reveals that the leader of Slytherin is secretly working with Voldemort, and everyone gasps. But what about the Constitution? Dean Thomas questioned accurately. Doesn't he care about the First Amendment? <laughs> Mr. Snape shook his head sadly. I'm afraid not. Dean Thomas raised his hand again and queried coherently. Why does Voldemort hate Christians so much? I love how I'm, like, so immune to it at this point, but fucking god, queried coherently. No one knows, Mr. Snape responded tentatively. However, he is on the move, and he is gaining power, and we Gryffindor hats may be the only ones capable of stopping him. And Harry clenches his fists, which means you know he's ready to kick some atheist ass if necessary. Chapter 9 begins with an author's note. We have entered the mind of Grace Ann Parsons. She le She's like, you know what, guys, my... 
religious and political beliefs may be infallible, so the people criticizing that are just haters, but you know, some of you have some decent critiques of my grammar, so I have decided to take a writing class at the local community college. And of course she had to convince her husband to let her take the class, but good for her improving her writing. Personally, my biggest beef with her writing style, above everyone gasping tentatively, is people constantly talking with their mouths full. I'm sure we have not seen the last of everyone constantly talking with their mouths full. And also reading this author's note, part of me, like, I'm torn, because I'm like, wow, good for you discovering that you're passionate about writing and putting work into something that you like. And the other part of me is like, thank god we were saved from whatever she could have become. Because of course we know the story ends early because her husband thought her writing was not good for their family. Whatever. Anyway, let's be, let's continue the story. We are on chapter 9. Dumbledore's mentality is described as like the old, the old hit the sin, not the sinner. Love that. Um, and apparently the Ravenclaws have beef with that because they are meanies and like to hate people. I think th they're supposed to be like the the Westboro Baptist Church. This is Draco bursting in and being like, women are stupid. After the prayer session, the little ones all went to their classes. There were regular math and English classes, of course, although they were of a higher caliber than the ones you would find in public school. And there were Bible studies and Christian history. After that was lunch in the Great Hall. After lunch were more classes about American history, constitutional law, and missionary training. I can't believe this didn't occur to me at any point when I was reading part one, but Harry Potter is like such a British piece of media, and yet this just completely uproots it and puts it in the American South and gives Dumbledore a cowboy hat. Cool. <laughs> it was just such a dinner that Harry was eating now, no doubt, no doubt chewing with his mouth open. Um, he was sitting with his new friends, Hermione, Ronald, and Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas, always referred to by his full name. Um, this food is certainly delicious, Harry observed gratefully, as he was savoring a bite of perfectly roasted- yeah, there it is. Per Stop eating with your perfectly roasted chicken in your mouth, you stupid child. It really is, and Dean Thomas concurred intelligently. He was dressed quite respectably today, and he was wearing a button-up shirt and clean blue jeans, and his hair was neatly combed. They're so robotic. Is this what the perfect Christian child is supposed to be? Just zero personality whatsoever, wears a button-up, combs their hair, and queries intelligently? Instead of owls, of course, the angels bring their mail. Duh. And the angels are described as, like, beautiful people with halos, so not the actual eldritch shit that angels are in the Bible, which is pretty disappointing to say the least. Harry gets a letter from Hagrid inviting him to tea, might I say. There's some intrigue at play. Hermione, Dean, Dean, Dean Thomas, in case you forgot, and Ron all ask to come along to tea with Hagrid in that order. So Ron asks last, and Harry and Dean exchange a knowing glance which I think implies that they're luring Ron into some kind of fun Gryffindor conversion party with Hagrid, because if you will recall, Ron is a Slytherin in this story, which is a big no-no. Slytherins are the Roman Catholics. Chapter 10, they arrive, and Harry introduces everyone to Hagrid. Pleased to meet you, Dean Thomas said intelligently. Hagrid smiled at the little one, impressed. Everything Dean does or says is described as intelligently. However, this one is particularly egregious because Hagrid is just like, oh yes, of course, this this nice young man, he said nice to meet you so intelligently. Ron is immediately impressed because Hagrid is just such a man of God. Perhaps, hmm, perhaps even more a man of God than anyone in Slytherin. So he's essentially just like, yeah, fuck my entire family, I guess. This random man in the woods seems to know what's up, but I guess... Harry did the exact same thing in the first chapter, so are we surprised? No. Hagrid just has this miraculous ability to lure children into a cult. The inside of Hagrid's house was tastefully decorated. The curtains were plaid, the walls were wood, and a bare rug covered the floor in front of the fireplace. 
Mounted above the fireplace in a place of pride for all to see was a moose's head. The oaken table in the center of the kitchen was set for five, and the kettle on the stove was starting to sing. This is a nice place you have here, Harry commented. It really is, Dean Thomas said intelligently. Hagrid grinned with pride. Thank you, I live by John 1519, of course, but I do try to keep it tidy. Somebody in the comments of the last video was like, Obviously, this is a troll because of the vegan bacon thing. That is too far. That is ridiculous. Nobody would ever write that. I disagree. I think that the vegan bacon thing is exactly the kind of thing that a southern Christian mom would write. Dang those liberals and their vegan bacon sort of thing, you know? Society is falling apart because of all the soy boys and their vegan bacon. That struck me as evidence toward it not being a troll. However, this... This right here... Is too far. This is where I ceased suspending my disbelief. This is the moment at which I decided it was a troll. So Dean Thomas commented intelligently just one too many times. Hagrid's tastefully decorated house. Just, that's... I admit defeat. While Hagrid was getting the cookies, Harry's eyes fell on a newspaper Hagrid had left open. The headline on the front page read, Voldemort spotted at Hogwarts, question mark. Would you look at that, Dean Thomas murmured observantly, picking up the paper and scanning it. As he read, he whispered the article's terrible words. Voldemort was spotted by several students yesterday at Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. This is the man who's trying to put a bill through Congress to stop Christians from practicing their beliefs. If passed, homeschooling will be illegal. Christians will be in jail, maybe even killed, unless they say the Bible says what Voldemort wants it to say. Saying Merry Christmas or hanging up the Ten Commandments will put you in a re-education program. When Dean Thomas finished, Hermione burst into tears. Harry gave her an innocent, friendly pat. How could anyone be so angry at God? Hermione sobbed. I don't know, Harry declared tentatively. He's a horrible person. Dean Thomas nodded sagely. Oh shit, watch out, she's got a thesaurus now. First, first they try and change the Pledge of Allegiance. Now they don't want us to be Christians. Next, they'll be killing us all. It's a bad time to be a true Christian in America. Chapter 11, author's note. Apparently her writing class has been going well. Her teacher has given her a few pieces of advice on this particular chapter. Um, she also takes a moment to address the haters those pesky haters who say that she hates Catholics. So I was never raised religious, I just ended up in a Catholic school, so I actually didn't know the difference for a while. Christianity is like the umbrella. Roman Catholicism is like one of the things under the umbrella, which is the one that I, the school I went to, yeah. You know what? At least I got the most interesting one. They're, they're pretty batshit. Anyway, there's a lot of other Christians who think they're batshit as well. So that is, Grace Ann Parsons is one of, one of those, and the Slytherins are the Roman Catholics, and they're bad in this story. So anyway, what she has to say about that is, Friends, I do not hate Catholics at all. All I want is for Catholics and everybody else to go to heaven and be happy with God. Do you want to know who truly hates Catholics? The so-called Catholic Church. <gasps> Conspiracy. But think about it, why else would they lie to Catholics about salvation? And did you know their leader is a socialist? It seems like a certain someone doesn't know much about the Bible or the Constitution. And what about there only being one God and no others? So, if any Catholics are reading this, I am asking you in love, consider what is more important, your so-called religion or the truth. Capitalized. Cool, cool, cool. Very persuasive argument. Anyway. I can't believe Voldemort has been seen on our campus. Harry whispered after swallowing a bite of bacon. After swallowing. We're making progress. Neither can I. Dean Thomas commented perceptively. I'm scared, Hermione murmured and fidgeted with her fork. What if he tries to kill Harry? Why would he try to kill Harry? Harry's not even special in this story. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even have a scar. Like, there's none of that chosen one backstory or anything. He's just some dude. It'll be fine, Harry declared boldly and gave her a reassured squeeze. And then they both flushed. 
What are the four of you gossiping about? A voice said. It was smug and came from behind them. Harry turned and saw Draco standing behind him. Draco's hands were folded and rested on his stomach. You did not. Behind him stood two other young men dressed the same as Draco in tan pants, a brown sweater vest, and a white button-up. It got worse. <sighs> and a white button-up, white button-up shirts. Yeah, okay. Tan pants, brown sweater vest, white button-up shirts. Standing like this. I've been got. I've been trolled. And I'm- it's never felt better, to be honest. This is- this is- this is unironically a work of absolute genius. We were just discussing something we read in the newspaper, Harry said. Friend Lily, would you like to join us? Draco chortled pompously. I think not. You may be comfortable dining with women outside your family, but I am not. I know what I- I know that I'm better than women. Why would I want to talk to one? For an extra spicy version, just picture Draco as Mike Pence. That is a mean thing to say, Harry screamed bravely. And he banged his fists on the table so hard that plates bounced. Mr. Snape looked over in their direction. Mr. Snape. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not ever gonna be over Mr. Snape. Mr. Snape looked over in their direction and he saw the commotion that was going on at that moment. He was dressed very dapperly today in a freshly pressed dress suit and practical pants that complemented his long, muscular legs perfectly. Above the top button of his shirt, a hint of the thick carpet underneath was visible. He carried with him a big, heavy King James version of the Bible as he sauntered across the cafeteria. What exactly is going on here? He questioned, folding his arms over his chest. Some of the comments on the last video also. Not this- I don't think this particular description of him is ac of accurate, but there was one scene where he was wearing like all black and like a red tie and all the comments were like, Gerard Way. So, extra spicy version, Draco is Mike Pence and uh, Mr. Mr. Snape is Gerard Way. What exactly is going on here? He questioned, folding his arms over his chest. That's my best Snape voice, but also that's how I voice all of them because I just, I don't have that many voices. Nothing, Draco muttered in an embarrassed voice of one who knows he has done wrong, but Harry boldly and honestly retorted, Draco was being a bully to the ladies. With a gasp, Greg covered his mouth with a delicate, long figure. Who is Greg? <laughs> Onision! <laughs> Detention, Draco. We as Christians must be respectful of women and treat them with the gentleness they deserve as our mothers and sisters and daughters. Okay, obligatory ew. But who- Okay, that, di that dialogue was clearly meant for Mr. Snape, but she called him Greg? So you're telling me this Gerard Way-looking sexy cowboy man is named Greg Snape. You are telling me that. You you are giving me that information. And I just have to live the rest of my life with it. As Draco was dragged away to detention, he's like, I'll get you, Potter! Which honestly is the first time this fanfiction has actually been reminiscent of the actual books. So he's like, I'll get you tonight, Potter. I challenge you to a pray-off. Aren't you excited to find out what a pray-off is? Cause I sure am. In the world where I, I haven't read this yet and also haven't filmed this video twice already. Chapter 12, Harry, Hermione, Ronald, full name Ronald, and Dean Thomas, full name Dean Thomas, all sneak out after bed one night, um, presumably to go to the pray off with Draco. I'm nervous, Ronald uttered shakily. Isn't this against the rules? Harry, Dean Thomas, and Hermione exchanged a knowing look. It wasn't Ronald's fault. It was just how he had been raised. Slytherin hats do not usually question authority. They think they just need to do what head Slytherin hats tell them to do. They never think. Maybe the Lord's work is important. This is the Lord's work, Harry exchanged. Harry explained patiently. This is more important. That's right, Dean Thomas said wisely. Wisely. And not a single word was mispronounced. 
Not a single word of that's and right were mispronounced. Somebody give this child an English degree. He was dressed quite respectably for the occasion. His face was scrubbed quite cleanly. Any mommy would be proud to have him for her son. I do, I get why that's impressive considering everyone else presumably has bacon stuck all over their faces from talking with their mouths open constantly. Ron's mind is yet again blown and he is even closer to reaching salvation with the Lord. But just then, Draco jumps out from behind a tree and he wastes absolutely no time getting into this prey off. He just straight up asks God to prove that women are stupid by smiting Harry for being wrong. But Harry's not afraid because he is a true man of the Lord. Draco grinned viciously as he looked at the sky for a lightning bolt, but none came. His eyes widened and his, draws, his jaw dropped. He began to cry. Now it was Harry's turn to pray. He raised his hands far higher than Draco's had been and screamed in a voice far louder than Draco's had been. Dear Lord, if you agree with me that women are just as good as men, but different, please. For a second he thought about asking for Draco to be struck down, but then he was overcome with mercy. Make him a Gryffindor hat. In that moment, the hat on Draco's head changed into a red and yellow one with a lion on it, and tears rolling down his face were not sad tears, but happy tears. The crowd of onlookers burst into applause, but Harry did not notice all the cheering students and teachers. He was bathing in the love of the Lord. Chapter 13, author's note. She tells us that she waited to post this chapter until Greg could proofread it. So this tells us, whoever wrote this is weaving this elaborate web where Grace Ann Parsons Snape character is an insert of either her husband or her writing teacher. I think those are probably the only two men that have been mentioned. So yeah, the Snape is a horny insert of either her husband or her writing teacher. And therefore she accidentally switched their names that one time where she called Snape Greg. That's, that's what I'm following here. The cheering crowd converged on the two righteous boys. They were led by Dean Thomas, Hermione, and Ronald. Hermione reached Harry first. Joyful tears were streaming down her face, and her lacy pink swirt was swirling around her legs. When she reached Harry, she wrapped her delicate arms around him in a chaste hug. She really gets Harry feeling a type of way, apparently, and he's like, well, I guess that's just, that's because she's just so godly, and I've never experienced such godliness before. Dean Thomas stepped forward and gave him a very polite handshake. Amazing job out there, he commented intelligently. Fucking Christ. I'm gonna fucking scream. Ron breaks down crying because he is so blown away by Harry's godliness and all of the Gryffindor characters are like, bro, you know, we've been trying to be subtle this whole time, bringing you into Hagrid's conversion dungeon and all that shit, but like, bro, it's Gryffindor time. Ronald got a thoughtful look on his face. His many siblings that were too many for two parents to care for did not like the look of that. No punctuation whatsoever in there, once again. Not sure if I'm having a stroke or not. Altogether, they walked over and grabbed Ronald and pulled him away. Harry, Dean Thomas, and Hermione were sad, but they hoped in their hearts that their words of truth would plant a seed and grow. What I'm getting there is all of the Weasleys materialize out of nowhere and just drag Ron away into the crowd before he can be converted. Just before they could think too much about that, a car pulled up into the parking lot. It did not look like a car a busy mommy or daddy would have. No, this was a small so-called eco-friendly car. It's a smart car. Harry, Dean Thomas, and Hermione looked at it suspiciously. They did not know who would come out of it, but they got a feeling it would not be someone good. The car stopped. The door opened. He was tall and pale-skinned. He was a younger man with only a thin layer of hair hidden underneath his shirt. He was wearing a t-shirt and sweatpants and sneakers. No one seemed to take much notice of him, but then the reverend's wife stepped forward onto the scene. She screamed. She fainted. At the sound of her cry for help, the Reverend Dumbledore came running to the rescue. So many so-called pro-women's rights people. 
That's a change of tone, okay? People think that Ephesians 5, 25 is just about wives being submissive. What they don't talk about is that it also tells husbands to sacrifice for their wives. Wow, does that sound oppressive? When he saw the man who had gotten out of the car, he stopped and gasped and then shouted, Stand back, students. This is Voldemort himself. This is so good. It's a masterpiece. I need to find who wrote this and I need to shake their hand for their service to humanity. It's so good and it gets, oh my god, man, it gets better. Chapter 14. Author's note. Grace Ann Parson tells us about her husband's tragic, tragic decision that writing is bad for their family and therefore the story must come to an end. She's gonna try her best to rush a conclusion and tie up all the loose ends, which honestly, this doesn't feel rushed at all. This fits perfectly with the ridiculous pacing that the rest of the story has had. Anyway, let's let's see how many chaste hugs she can fit in before the grand finale. Harry looked at the depraved man walking towards them, and he thought of all the lies that he must have been told by evolutionists and feminists all his life, and he thought of the empty, meaningless depravedness. Depravedness, 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 I'm unsure. <laughs> depravedness. That must he would have to have to distract him from the missing love capitalized in his life. And he thought of how one day he would die and there would be no happy heaven for him, only the flames of hell. Harry wondered how anyone could be so stupid. Who would want hell more than heaven? It made Harry so angry. Voldemort stopped walking when he was in front of the Reverend Dumbledore. He arrogantly nodded and said, Hey, my name's Tom Riddle, and I'm here to visit my cousin. Where's the guy's dorm? Enough of your lies, Dumbledore exclaimed bravely. We know who you are. And Voldemort's like, who, me? No. And Dumbledore's like, yes. And Voldemort's like, no. You're still pretending to be dumb, the Reverend pointed out truthfully. We know your plot to illegalize Christianity, Voldemort. Voldemort blinked stupidly and questioned evilly. <laughs> Wait. Is this about my Reddit account? Is that what you call your godless coven? Dumbledore queried knowingly. Well, I have indeed seen your so-called Reddit account. And just try and deny your hatred of, hatred of Christianity when you post things like this. All Christians sucks. Their religion is stupid and should be illegal. I will write to Congress and tell them to make law. Harry Potter laughed intelligently because Voldemort did not even understand proper spelling and grammar. That was a joke, Voldemort retorted unintelligently. This whole account is a joke. I mean, Voldemort the righteous skeptic? He laughed with the nervousness of someone who knows he is damned. Of course you're not supposed to take it seriously. I cannot believe. My own two good Christian eyes. The writer is literally staring into the staring into the camera like she was on the office and saying, "It's a joke. How could you take it seriously?" Oh, oh. Of course, I don't actually want to outlaw religion. Voldemort uttered deceptively. That would be ridiculous. I just got annoyed by the ridiculous straw man some Christians have made out of atheism. So whenever I see someone ranting about how depraved and evil we are, we non-believers are, I reply with something like that. You know, taking the stereotype to an extreme to point out how ridiculous it is. So you're making fun of atheism? Dumbledore interrogated shrewdly. No, no, I am an atheist, Voldemort explained sinfully. I'm just, just as I thought. Dumbledore surmised wisely and he smiled holily in satisfaction that the Lord had worked through him. We have been preparing for this day, and we have been preparing for it a long time. Students! The holy little ones stood at attention. Convert him! Dumbledore commanded bravely, and all at once the students began to shout, You have been tricked by the lies of society! Harry shrieked knowingly, You deserve to burn in hell. Come over here! Dean Thomas screeched articulately, Debate me on religion! 
I'm just so upset that you don't accept the Bible. Hermione sobbed femininely. The Bible's the best book ever. Why can't you just respect that? I really hope that there was a few Christian moms, a few genuine Grace Ann Parsons who found this hoping that it would be an actual wholesome Christian alternative to Harry Potter. And then they ended up with this. I love how she's managed to troll everyone equally. Both the actual obnoxious Christian moms and the obnoxious atheists who are looking to point at this like, wow, gross, disgusting, misogynistic Christians. We have all been got by Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles. I told you before that Reddit account is a joke. Voldemort whined pathetically, but the Reverend shook his head. I thought, I thought that might be so at first, the Reverend commented fairly, but it was just too realistic. How was it realistic? Voldemort inquired uninformedly. It wasn't even subtle. I waxed poetic about the sexiness of neckbeards and said that Christopher Hitchens has superpowers. It wasn't supposed- it was supposed to be funny. How could you take it seriously? I love how the narration of the story, like, continues in its- in the same like ridiculous dramatic way the descriptions like Voldemort said evilly it's like that tone doesn't match up at all with the tone of the actual dialogue that he's saying like you really get the sense that he is the one sane person who has been dropped into this insane story and the story just continues with the exact same tone that it had before so you can really see the juxtaposition of like normal person versus this universe and it's Really good! Voldemort pulled an iPhone out of his pocket and began to type on it. After a few minutes, he showed the screen to Dumbledore. See this? I just made a post. I am a troll. It is the last post I will make on that account. Are you happy? My pores are cleared and my crops are watered. Literally stares into the camera like it's the office and says, I am a troll. I am a troll. You literally cannot get like clearer than this chapter is. God, okay. But also I'm kind of glad there's no confirmation out there so people can still kind of go into it unknowing like I did and have this whole entire spiritual journey of reading this. It's, 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 it was, this has been really fun. Actually, it's been really fun. Dumbledore virtuously ignored the heretic and he turned to the little one standing behind his protection. Students of Hogwarts, this fool will not listen to reason. Let's save this heathen soul. And the little ones got down on their knees and they raised their hands to the sky and they screamed to the heavens in the voices of those who, were knew, who knew they were doing great work. Lord, please make Voldemort a Gryffindor hat. Voldemort sighed wickedly and shook his head godlessly and then walked away, depravedly. <laughs> but even as the fornicating, drug-addicted evolutionist disappeared into the distance, the righteous little ones continued to pray. They knew that if they screamed loud enough, they could change the world. That was a really genius ending. That was really good. They had us in the first half, not gonna lie. And it made the second half all the better. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. I think I've reached Nirvana. What about you? If you know of fan fictions or books like this, Please send, please send them to me. Ideally, I would prefer like ambiguous trolls that reveal themselves at the end like this or non-trolls that are just like genuinely bad. Thank you so much for watching. Please share with me your horrible fan fictions and books. I also kind of want to get into YouTuber books because I feel like those are just pretty universally bad. Anyway, I'm gonna end this video because I'm rambling now. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you in another video very soon, my friends. Bye.